Welcome. You are listening to the Financial Compass Podcast, presented by the Bowman Wealth Group. These shows are designed to provide information to both pre- and post-retirees, so they may be able to make more informed decisions about their financial future. Our Financial Compass process goes beyond traditional, holistic financial planning. We care as much about you and your lifestyle as we do about your plan. At the Bowman Wealth Group, we want to help you define what matters most and inspire you to go and do it. Your host is Bowman Wealth Group financial advisor, Scott Vallon, who for more than a decade has provided financial leadership for those he serves. Hello there. This is the Your Financial Compass podcast. My name is Scott Vallon. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. If you've been checking out these episodes, each different episode, we have a different topic. Generally, it's a financial topic, but today... We actually have a different one that we're going to get to, which I will mention here in just a second. But before that, like I say every time, if anything you hear today prompts a question, you're always welcome to reach out to us at ask at bowmanwealth.com. So it's A-S-K at B-U-L-M-A-N wealth.com. Also, feel free to leave a review wherever you're hearing this, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you're hearing this feel welcome to leave a review. Uh, But with that said, we thought we'd change it up a little bit this week because we have a new team member here at the Bullman Wealth Group, uh, a new financial advisor. His name is J.D. Seha, and he is sitting here with me right now. And uh, I thought I'd use this episode as a way to introduce him. He's going to tell more about his backstory, what he's into, why he's in this business, you know, just certain things around that, and just to give you a better feel for him, and, and we thought this would be a fun way to introduce him. So with that said, J.D. sitting here now. First off, J.D., thank you for joining us here on the podcast. Thanks, Scott. Thank you for having me. So, J.D., I'll start by asking, you know, just interrogation style, where, where are you from originally? Tell me a little bit about where you grew up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm originally from Merced, California, uh, born and raised there. My family, uh, I know we'll probably dig into that a little bit later, but just to give you some context, uh, my family, both immigrants from Mexico, came over here in the 90s. We don't know why we settled in Merced, but we settled in there for some reason. Uh, I'm assuming part of that is because of our family, although we don't have much there. But interesting upbringing. It's a small, super small ag town. And and for the most part, you know, my relatives and everybody there participated in ag. And so did a lot of lot of blue collar work uh, during my upbringing, but, you know, found myself now in the financial services. So. Okay. So tell me, you know, why don't we we keep on the family thing? I know family is important to you from what you've mentioned before. Tell me about your family and kind of what it means to you. Yeah, so uh, my two, so I have obviously my mom and my dad, but I have two older sisters, and my two older sisters incredibly successful. My dad was in and out of my life, uh, you know, for some part of my time, but he spent a lot of time back in Mexico doing some some businesses there. He was also part of the agriculture uh, business. So for the most part, my my mom and my older sister were who raised me, and so great role models. You know, absolutely love them. You know, apart from that as well, I think, you know, what family means to me the most is, you know, being able to spend as much time with them as I possibly can, uh, enjoying my time with them. And, you know, for the most part as well is, you know, when I can and, and when I do see my father also, you know, it's great to spend time with him as well and, you know, crack some jokes and, you know, just be a part of him. So 
yeah, all the way around, just love spending time with family. So I would say you're a young guy because I'm 43, and you just turned 25 here recently. So let's rewind a few years. I know you went to Sacramento State. Tell me about kind of your, your time there, what you studied, what that was like for you. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, just turned 25. Uh, been in the industry now for a few years. But, uh, you know, apart from that, I studied psychology and I did a minor in astrophysics, which I know is an interesting blend. But the reason I did that was, I guess, uh, you know, I just I'm a nerd with when it comes to, you know, physics and also studying the mind of, of people. So just kidding on that end. But I think apart from that, um, I studied psychology because of my upbringing a lot. My upbringing was a little interesting. Like I said, I grew up around, you know, a very agriculture-based town. But what that also came, and, and to some extent, it was a relatively lower-income community, and it was pretty rural. So a lot of things that I was exposed to at a young age and so I wanted to study a lot more as to maybe the behaviors of certain individuals. I wanted to dig deeper as to why uh, people acted the way that they did. And so I got a lot of questions, uh, you know, a lot of questions resolved uh, during my time in college. But uh, that's, that's why I studied what I did, and that's how I got into it. So that's what you studied. We'll come back to the psychology thing here in a few minutes and how it can you know, relate to your job now as an advisor. But another thing, I'm a big sports fan. I know you're a big sports fan. You played some college football at Sac State. Tell me a little bit about that experience. Yeah, absolutely. So it was not at Sac State, but it was at the community college that I oh, went God. to. Okay. Yeah, Merced College. But my time there was interesting. Um, and I think any anytime you're playing collegiate sports, it's always going to be, you know, a very different and more more responsible, you know, in terms of maybe playing it through K through 12 or kindergarten through 12th grade, and then kind of graduating to that level of playing collegiate sports. But I would break down my collegiate sport experience into three different buckets. The first one is preparation. And the amount of preparation that we put into when, you know, during whether it's the off season or whether you're in the midst of the season, you really get to learn on how to do quality preparation because I've always broken it down to two things. There's preparation and, and then there's also another preparation to actually be successful. And when we prepare to be successful, that's a lot more, there's a lot more variables in that, right? It's, you know, in this example, sports, you know, we're preparing through, you know, our dieting, we're preparing through stretching, all those different variables that maybe other, in other instances, we wouldn't quite prepare as, you know, as specific as into the details. So, preparation for me was a big part, uh, you know, something that I've learned very big in, in college sports, but also another thing as well is determination. So, you know, being able to get through those, you know, tough, tough games, being able to get through those tough practices. And so all that kind of plays a factor just to bring it all, all around into, you know, financial services and what we do here today. Uh, but I do want to mention one last thing as well uh, with sports. And, and the third thing I would say is learning how to be coachable, because learning how to be coachable is something that we, as, as I've learned, we are, we, we are continuously getting better at it each stage in our life. And so uh, being coachable is difficult because you go through many different coaches if you've ever played sports, right? And there's some coaches that you love more and there's some that you absolutely hate. Uh, and I know hate's probably a bad <laughs> wow, word. Okay. Uh, but, but what I mean by that is those, those coaches, if you reflect back on 
you know, that were harder on you, you tend to have maybe a worser experience with them during that time. But as you reflect back, you're like, well, hey, uh, I actually learned a lot from this individual and I kind of learned to appreciate that type of coaching a little bit more. And so I apply that here today in, in, in the role that I'm doing here now because, you know, we're continuously looking to get better. And that's a big part of what we do. We're always looking for feedback. We want to ensure that we're uh, getting better at our roles. And so I think with all that said in mind, those three things are really what, you know, encompassed and what I took away the most from uh, my collegiate sports experience. So um, fan of sports, I know we talked a little bit about it time and again. You asked me last night, what's my least favorite sport? We'll leave that out. But tell me, you know, you're still following sports. Tell me about maybe a couple of sports you still follow, some of the teams that you like, just for some context. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I, so I'm a big Charger fan. I've been a Charger fan uh, since I was a child, and I always joke around that I'm one of the seven fans that exist because every single home game we play, it always seems to be filled with more away fans. But I also follow really closely basketball as well. Uh, I, I like to stay within the arena of, of California. So, you know, I follow all the California sports chargers, as I just mentioned. I'm a big Clippers fan. Um, and then the Dodgers as well for baseball, which I've gotten a lot of heat in this office, but <laughs> a lot of rivalries here. Yeah, we got some Giants fans here on staff. So, okay, so that's a sports thing. I'd, we could talk all day about that, but let's try to keep some focus here. So, okay, you went to... Community college, went on to Sac State, you graduated, then you started a career. Tell me a little bit about your experience leading up to when you got here to, to Bullman Wealth Group. Yeah, it was an interesting start to uh, my financial services experience. I actually, interestingly enough, I started right before uh, the pandemic started. So I kind of got a glimpse into that moving up. And uh, I started my, my, my career in August of 2019. So a few months leading up to the, to the pandemic. And what I saw uh, that was most impactful to me that really, for me, it was a way that I saw it as my calling is when the pandemic started to increase and there was more uh, seriousness and more certainty of what it was, uh, the advisor who I was working with at the time at Northwestern Mutual was getting a lot of calls. At first, I was stunned because I never saw that influx, that, in, that much uh, inbound uh, calling, uh, but I understood then and there that we really are in the business of helping people. And that, to me, really, really caught my attention. I recall in those times, and as I was told by that advisor, there's only about a handful of people that you call during that time. You know, one of them, as I recall, your doctor, certainly, right? Mm-hmm. Want to make sure the family's okay. But the second is your financial advisor. And during that time, I couldn't help but think about how much of a big and critical role we play in individuals' lives. That resonated with me a lot. Growing up, I was a part of the local, local youth church, And then apart from that as well, uh, I also did a lot of volunteering as well, just locally around the area. So for me, there was always a calling that I wanted to be in a career where I can give back at a high level. I just didn't quite know what that career would look like. And during that time, it was an instant aha moment for me. Um, so fast forward to that, to that, I, I knew that I wanted to be in this industry. I committed to getting my securities licenses, uh, also got my SEMA designation as well, but I wanted to ensure that, uh, if I was going to be in this career, that I was going to do it right. And that I was going to do it with a passion, uh, that was for me, what I felt was my calling. Um, so spent about two years there at Northwestern Mutual and just recently uh, was with Edelman Financial Engine. So uh, spent about a few years here in the 
financial services. I'm now in my third year, uh, so still, you know, learning the ropes. But I think for the most part, uh, I've gone to see a lot of swings in the industry so far and uh, a lot of interesting experiences, you know, that has led for me to be where I'm at today. And I couldn't be more excited to be a part of this team. Okay, well, same here. And you're kind of along the lines of what you're saying with doctors and, and advisors. I've always heard a phrase, and you may, folks may or may not believe this, but there's an adage that goes, you always want two people younger than you, your doctor and your financial advisor. So you being relatively, you, you just turned 25, you could pass for over 30. So, and I mean that in a good way. But what, what does that mean to you? Why, from your vantage point, being a younger advisor, why might you think it'd be important to have an advisor younger than you and leading someone through their, you know, their financial journey? Yeah. Uh, great question. So two things come to mind when I think about this question and, uh, not to be too technical. The first one is we're going through the arguably one of the biggest intergenerational wealth transfers. And, you know, when we talk about the, the movement of money, it's important for retirees and those that are approaching retirement to think about their estate plan with a lot of certainty. But on the flip side of that, on the other side of the coin, who is most likely to be inheriting that money? A lot of times it's individuals that are, you know, I mean, they could be older, but a lot of times they are younger and they're within the millennial age, age group. So uh, I think about that age group and I think about the differences and the changes that they come with their planning, right? So it's important just as it is to have an estate plan, but it's also equally important to make sure that those that you love are going to be taken care of just like you were as well. So that's the first point. And, and I do want to bring in the data point as well. I just saw this data point, and it was uh, that most advisors on average are around 50, if not in their late 50s. So they themselves are also thinking about succession plans, right, to make sure that all of their clients and their individuals who they service are being taken care of. So all of this to say is that there's, there's a need for a new generation to come in to service the future generations. And I also want to say, as well as you well know, is... This industry has changed a lot. You know, back in the 1990s, you used to call up your stockbroker and you used to let them know, hey, I want to place a trade for X, Y, and Z. Well, all those changes now can be done on your phone, which is very interesting, right? I mean, everything is done through a phone. You hardly even uh, have to talk to somebody to make those changes, uh, which is ridiculous to me just how much it's changed. And so as I kind of see the future and leading up to the future, more and more technological changes are going to be happening, uh, and they're happening rapidly with AI and other things. So it's equally as important to keep up to date with those movements. And a lot of, uh, you know, more seasoned advisors are that have been managing practices for a long time are maybe not up to speed with a lot of those technological changes. So I think there's another reason more so to work with a younger advisor because we want to make sure that all those gaps uh, that otherwise could have been filled with these new changes are being taken care of and they're being thought of in advance. Here's one for you as we you know, talk about the financial realm. It's a very, the industry as a whole is huge. There's so many different facets. And I didn't give you this question ahead of time. I'll put you on the spot. So what you, when you look at it, obviously to be in this business, I think you know you have to be interested in it. There's a lot of minutia. There's a lot of different moving parts. So what are some of the things, you know, off the top of your head that that you like about it? What are some of the things about the financial, not just what we do as a job, but the financial industry as a whole? What are some of the things that just really interest you? Would you say? Yeah, great question. Um, so when I take a look at the financial industry as a whole, something that I absolutely fell in love with uh, was being able to dissect into different individuals' personal situations. And I know that's, some, that's obviously what we do and what we partake in. 
But I think the complexity at which that comes with, right? Yeah. Everybody's situation, everybody's interests are completely different. So when we talk about being a subject matter expert and a little bit of everything, that's kind of what we do. And so I, I like to think of myself as a learner. So I'm continuously looking at different things. As I just mentioned, I did a minor in astrophysics, which is you know completely polar opposite yeah. of what we do. But I think being a subject matter expert in each and every different category matters because it matters to somebody. And so outside of the financial world and within it, uh, you know, studious, I take a look at different areas. So I would say that that's, you know, my intrigue is just taking a look and being a subject matter in every and each and every space you can be. Okay. Flipping it again. Another one I didn't give you. What's, what's, you know, everyone, as we've gotten to know you, learning different things about you, what's one thing about you, this is, has nothing to do with finance. What's one thing about you that if you mention that not a lot of people know, or they'd be surprised to hear this about you? Yeah, so something that comes to my mind uh, when I think about, you know, what people should know about me is, you know, I like to kickbox on my part time. So uh, not to say, you know, I'm, I'm somebody that's probably going to be beating up anybody anytime <laughs> soon. But, you know, I, I do like to do that in my part time and, and, and genuinely just staying as active as I possibly can. That's something that I, I always try to make time for. Uh, it's in my daily schedule all the time. So can't live without it. And being active, your license plate is Run JCD. Is that in reference to being active? Is it in reference to the '80s hip hop group Run DMC? What? Just out of curiosity, I actually hadn't asked you that. I, I'm asking for my own interest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it is in reference of the '80s hip hop group. Uh, I don't know. This was a 17 year old thought when I <laughs> when I got the car, and uh, yeah. So it was just Run DMC. It, it, it was a uh, strict. Uh, reference for that but yeah so run jdc is just my my name's abbreviated and uh that's that's where i got the inspiration from i guess you can say got it all right one more question so you mentioned your mom sister is really important to your family did, when you're at family gatherings holidays what have you do your do they come and ask you a bunch of financial stuff or now that this is what you've been doing or is it kind of just hang out or like hey uh, jd you know what's inflation or blah 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 do they come to you with any of these questions when you see them? Well, they, they always ask what's the best stock that they can buy, and I always give them uh, the 100% of the time the best one. So, oh. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> That's no guarantee. You haven't, yeah, you haven't missed one yet. Okay. <laughs> no, all jokes aside, they, they, they do come and ask, which is great, because when we talk about being able to you know, give them service or give anybody value for that reason, uh, you know, it's always great for you to be more solution-based and have that answer for them. So, uh, you know, interestingly enough, I've graduated into that, into that role, but uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. I think my, my uncles and aunts who uh, you know, maybe are not as aware that, I, that I'm in to, that I've been doing this for some time, you know, they have, they have a bunch of questions they'll be asking me soon at the barbecue. So, well, JD, appreciate it. We always try to keep these around 20 minutes. You know, we could go on and on probably talking about, about you and what you like, don't like what you do in the industry, but I appreciate it. Uh, folks, like I said, if anything you, if you want to learn, maybe you have more questions for JD, you can always reach out to the office, ask at bowmanwalk.com. But, uh, thanks again to JD. As always, uh, reach out with questions, review the podcast, tune in. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Thank you.
Bowman Wealth is an investment advisor registered under the Investment Advisors Act of 1940. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply any level of skill or training. The oral and written communications of an advisor provide you with information where you can determine to hire or retain an advisor. For more information, please visit advisorinfo.sec.gov and search for our firm name. This presentation has been provided for informational purposes only and is not intended as legal or investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security or strategy. Any statements or opinions expressed should in no way be construed or interpreted as a solicitation to sell or offer to sell advisory services to any residents of any state other than the states where otherwise legally permitted. Advisory services are offered through Chris Bullman, Inc., DBA, Bullman Wealth Group, and Retirement Wealth Advisors, RWA, Registered Investment Advisors. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through Chris Bullman, Inc., DBA, BWG Insurance Agency.